Money FM 89.3, best of prime time. Market View on Money FM 89.3. You're listening to Money FM 89.3. I'm Chua Tiantian with your market view. Now, we have been talking a lot about Jerome Powell, interest rate hikes and the Fed, but I promise to end the week on a slightly lighter note today. Let's talk about flying cars and air taxis. Yes, you've heard that right. We'll be discussing all about the potential for urban aerial mobility vehicles today. And on that note, do you know that a Singapore startup has already built one such prototype and is aiming to test it in the US next month? What are the regulatory challenges involved in building flying cars? How do we train customers to operate flying cars? And just how much money is up for grabs in the scene for investors to be pouring their money into the nascent industry? Dr. Neil Kokbeng, CEO and founder of New Aeronautics, joins us live. Now, he's the man behind the flying cars I've just talked about and also an active VC investor in deep tech solutions. Hi, Dr. Neil. Welcome to the show. Hi, Tintin. Hi. So, Dr. Neil, we have lots of burning questions today, but let's get the easier ones out of the way. Tell us more about your business. What is your business model? Are you building a flying car for individual consumers to operate point-to-point in urban areas just like regular cars? Are you building a flying car for train staff to ferry passengers, air taxis? Are these manned or unmanned vehicles? Tell us more about that. Well, there's a lot to answer. Yes. Uh, but uh, <laughs> let, let's get the terminology mm. right, right? I mean, common... Layman term is a flying car. Mm. That's, uh, that's something everybody can understand. Uh, uh, we, we use personal air vehicle. Mm. So it's a vehicle. Uh, it doesn't look like a car really because there's no wheels. So, But then it flies. Uh, so I think that's the important uh, sort of distinguishing factor mm. here. Um, well, uh, so my, my vision is actually very simple. Uh, mm. I, 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 I'm a pilot, so, mm. so I fly. So, so my vision is to... Uh, let everybody enjoy the uh, the the you no know, the flight, you no know, having mm. the freedom to to uh, to fly, and uh, and therefore the vision is mm. very simple: is everyone can fly. Mm. And when I say everyone is everyone is not one word; it's two words: every mm. one o n e. So we try to make uh, flying available for everybody. So so therefore, uh, then how can we do it? And we have to design a craft that is simple and easy to operate for every person. And mm. uh, no matter uh, whether you are a male, female, whether you are how old you are, it got to be simple, easy and flexible. Of course, it must be safe and reliable too at the same time. Mm. If I understand it correctly, it will be a manned vehicle and it will be like a plane but in urban areas. Yeah, uh, it, it looks or resemble more like a drone, like mm. a big drone rather than a plane, because a plane has wings. We don't have wings. We have. It's just really, if you look at it, maybe a, a much more sexy, bigger drone, uh, much more aesthetically designed. And uh, what I have done is I designed. Uh, the first thing is really mm. you have to look at the regulation. Okay, mm. and and. And the, the United States has uh, the FAA or the Federal uh, Aviation Administration has a category called the Part 103, which is ultralight category. Mm-hmm. What it means is that uh, if it meets certain requirement, technical requirement, and I think the most important thing is about the weight, not more than 115 kilogram and also not more than 100 kilometer per hour for a powered craft, means electric vehicle, uh, sort of a 
electric powered. Mm-hmm. And, and, and based on that, uh, the flyer, we don't call the pilot because you don't need a pilot license. So the flyer or the operator uh, doesn't need a, uh, any uh, sort of uh, aeronautical knowledge. What you need to do is to train them to operate the craft, the vehicle or the PAV, and, and there you are. They can fly in certain uh, zone that is uh, uh, def- defined for that purpose. Is that also in urban areas? Well, uh, the, the big question is always uh, in urban areas or sub-urban areas mm. or city. Now, I think uh, NASA report in 2018 has, has uh, make it very clear that uh, whether, uh, how to actually enter this market. And the regulatory for urban areas is actually very, very difficult. And therefore, uh, much more freer airspace like in the suburban and H city, H city is where uh, people or the regulations does allow us to fly such craft. Mm. So tell us a little bit more, what is the current stage you're at in terms of development, flight test, regulatory approvals? I understand you're testing it in the US because it's not doable in, the, in Singapore yet, is that correct? Yeah, let's talk about the current stage of development. Actually, uh, mm. it's not something that we just cook up like like, like in the in the frying pan, right? Mm-hmm. This takes a lot of our research and development and understanding the regulations and engineering and design. So we actually, in 2018, we start actually uh, sort of concept development. We built one craft that we uh, flew inside the hangar. Uh, mm. So it, fly, it flies. Uh, and and then I built a version 2, which is more aesthetically uh, sort of showroom type. And now we are assembly our latest version that is going to be uh, for, certif- for certification so that it will be for commercial use. So that that's the, uh, the, the journey. Obviously, from 2018 to now, Seems like a long time, but in between, we are really affected by two years of COVID, which uh, we hardly mm. can do anything on flying or whatsoever. Um, now, um, the important thing about having the craft flying is is where to fly, right? Mm. Uh, where is the market to go for? Uh, Singapore doesn't have a Part 103 or ultralight category. Mm-hmm. When I want to fly ultralight, I actually went to Malaysia at Malacca and fly. Mm-hmm. I mean, all my engineers, you know, in order for them to design, they need to experience it. So we went to, to, to Malacca to fly. Uh, so we, we, we really can't test a manned uh, ultralight in Singapore, but we do. it's possible for us to test uh, unmanned craft. So we can have, it's like a big drone, right? Mm-hmm. If we don't put a person on it, we can remote control it. I think it is possible under the new CS regulations that we, if we apply, apply, then we might be able to test it. But really, for the man craft, I believe that we will have to go to the US to test. Hmm. So Dr. Neil, we've talked about markets likely in the US as well. Let's talk about, rather than the technical side of things, let's talk about money. The million dollar question here, Dr. Neil, a loaded one as well. You're building a flying car that requires lots of R&D, lots of regulatory hurdles, and you need to build an ecosystem of your trained users. You need to build infrastructure like, I would assume, car park lots as well. So lots of challenges involved, but no ready customers per se. So the question is, why did you choose to enter the urban area mobility industry amid all of these? Well, in the first thing is, is uh, I think if you've done market research, it might be a... a it, it, well, and, and according to NASA report... Uh, it, there is actually a market. It depends mm-hmm. on how you look at it. If you design an aircraft that doesn't conform to existing regulations, mm-hmm. then obviously it can't fly and obviously there's no market. Mm-hmm. And what you do is just demo 
if the regulatory authorities allow, allow you to do, just do a demo flight. And until the time that uh, regulations allow, and there you can do commercialization. However, mm-hmm. we we actually design a craft under existing U.S. law, right? So we actually can fly once mm. we are compliant. And therefore, the commercialization is almost immediate uh, after we pass the test that we, we intend to do over a couple of months uh, until maybe uh, early or first queue next year in U.S. So so that is really a market. And if you look at the NASA report, it's about $2.5 billion market existing. However, it doesn't mean that it is a flying taxi, right? You, you can't go to the area. You must be strategic about it. So the first launch market is really uh, you're looking at uh, 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 recreational sports. So um, if you look at uh, the uh, the U.S. and Experimental Aircraft Association where people who know how to fly together, mm. they, they do sports, they are, they are about 200,000 members. Mm. And these are people who know already know how to fly. So there's a base market over there. And usually they have their own private airstrips where they, where, where they fly the craft. So, so you can go there. And if you're doing sports and recreational, I think the important thing is to really uh, at certain areas, for example, a scenic zone, where, where it is possible to fly and you need to work with local authorities and partner them and, and that, that, that is possible. I think you just have to work on it, but uh, the law is not standing in the way. Mm. And in the longer term, because I understand in that NASA report, which is released in 2018, Dr. New, they categorized the urban air mobility market into three different areas. There's last mile delivery, there's transportation, there's air metro. Where do you think it will stand in the long term? And I understand in the short term, it will be experimenting with the sports area. But going forward, where do you see the company going? Well, so so in, in the short term is uh, sports and recreational. And then uh, longer term depends on how safe and that we that uh, no, players like us prove the craft is safe and reliable in the market. Um, we, we look at the possibilities is that first it will be like a uh, fixed route, like air shuttle, one mm. point to another point. I think that's easy because you can plan, plan the route such that it's safe, that it's, you're not going to fly over somebody's head. And so so I think if you look at the... For example, like 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 mm. uh, in, in Singapore case, right? Mm. We have we we know that the uh, helicopter has announced that oh, route yes. is over Marina uh, Bay and it's over the mm. waters, right? So so I think that's that, that's a safe route. So it's fixed route shuttle, uh, like air metro kind. I think those are uh, the first phase to go. Uh, but a craft that can go any time anywhere, I think that will take quite a bit of time. <laughs> Mm. Yeah. If you're just tuning in, we are now speaking to Dr. Neil Kokbeng, CEO and founder of New Aeronautics. And Dr. Neil, when will the flying cars or the aerial vehicles be commercially available? Which geographical markets will they be launched in? Yeah, so we are we are right now assembling the, the craft and, uh, and we will be uh, doing tests in... Uh, fourth queue of next this year will be unmanned test first just to ensure mm-hmm. that uh, everything's a fine-tuned and uh, is safe and reliable then we'll ship over to us first queue next year and then uh, i i'm i'm looking at a place my friend has a has a hotel in sedona mm-hmm. and where the air balloons fly and it was like excited maybe possible to have it fly amongst the balloons and yeah, the hot air balloon. So it will be exciting. So there are a couple of possible sites that we are looking at. Yeah. Mm. So in the US mainly. But Dr. News, let's talk also about the finances and all that. When do you expect to break even and what is your projected revenue or scale in, say, the next three to five years, assuming that the first shipments is happening next year? 
Okay, so so if you are looking at revenue, I think then it is uh, once we get the crafts uh, soft compliant to the to the to the regulations, we can actually start offering services. And I think that's where we will work with uh, recreation partners, hotels, uh, to start offering such services. As people go for a hot air balloon; they can also come and enjoy a craft at the same time. So, so it is almost a sort of a commercialization immediately. Um, I think the uh, the revenue is, I think, once after compliance, is almost is immediate. The question is uh, how fast you roll out, mm. and and uh, whether whether you sell the craft. Mm. What or, is your pricing strategy then? How do you benchmark against? Where? Yeah, our, our you know my vision is everyone can fly, right? So mm. so we have a certain motos to, towards that. Mm. It's for men in the street, it's supposed to be safe, reliable, and the most important thing is affordable. So you don't expect a person to come in and buy the craft, right? If maybe in the hundreds of thousand dollars. But, but we're going to operate on a business model of a club membership. So the club will, will own the craft mm. and and uh, you join the members, you get trained and uh, through simulators and mm. also uh, uh, hands-on. And thereafter, uh, you can actually, um, as a, like, like mm. a members, you, you pay for the duration of the flight, right? Mm. So, so it's a, a pay-per-use basis, our pay based on time. So I thought that makes it affordable for everybody. Mm. Yeah. And Dr. New, just one last question before we let you go. How do you view the, the competition in this nascent industry, really? We have Volocopter, we have other players in this as well. How do you see your company fitting in? Well, we are not competitive with Volocopters, mm. uh, right? We're, we're not in the urban city. We're in the sports and recreation. So we f- we focus on giving people the experience of flying. Well, I think uh, in the case of Volocopter, uh, uh, from what I see, there's a pilot you're sitting beside. So you're not controlling the plane or, or the craft. And, but in our case, you are controlling with some limited capabilities um, within a certain zone. So first, you are, that's, that's the enjoyment. That's, that's really different. So we are a really different market. And in the US, actually, mm. uh, as I said, there are a lot of people who have flying experience. There are people who are interested in such adventures. Mm. So, so if you look at the, the, the scenic route, the tourist market, the recreation market, it's already very huge. It is uh, city dwellers when they move, when they go to a lo- certain location, mm. instead of just staying on the ground, now they have a chance to be 50 feet up, mm. looking down. Isn't that a great experience? Mm. Certainly. Thank you very much, Dr. New. That was Dr. New Kokbing, CEO and founder of New Aeronautics with us. On Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.